The Theonauts, episode 57. The one where my dad's bigger than your dad. The Theonauts Podcast. Do it! Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's so great. <laughs> It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of you're God's not gonna word. Stop there. Hello, all you Theo chillin'. <laughs> do it! <laughs> Just do it! <laughs> oh, that's so great. I had to snag the Shia... You know, because we're so inspirational on the show. Oh, man. That it's, I just had to get, you know, as much inspiration in it as I possibly some could. Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Shia. I'm re- Thank you so much. <laughs> I am pumped and ready to go. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. Theo- okay. Maybe, have you been listening to Finding Christ in Cinema? Uh no, Shame, shamefully uh, because of Michael's watching schedule. I'm sorry, Michael. I need <laughs> I have like three episodes to catch up on. So uh, what's happening? Uh, they did Forrest Gump this last go round, and <laughs> life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> never. I'm a terrible Forrest Gump. That's my Forrest Gump. <laughs> Mama always said, "Stupid is as stupid does." See, and I go that, to that, a yeah, that's just that just flat out hayseed right there. Yeah. <laughs> Momo, I can't do that. <laughs> okay, anyways, so they did but anyway, Gump. it was yeah. like it was amazing. Like really? there was there's so much stuff in that movie. I mean, I got to confess to the Finding Christ in Cinema guys, I haven't watched that movie since it came out. Really? And the reason why was because back then I was a lot stupider than I am now, and <laughs> and uh, I was I was bitter against that movie. Why? Because of Pulp Fiction. Because Pulp Fiction was so great to me, and whenever Forrest Gump lost or beat it out at the Oscars, are you serious? I was like, really, really that that cheesy show beat out that masterpiece. I mean, I was just like, you know. But Forrest Gump's a masterpiece <clears throat> in itself. Well, there it, are a lot of haters for Forrest Gump. It Gump's is, and I and I, I I appreciate it now. Yeah. Better than than I did so artistic back and then, especially back then. Whenever they, I mean, that was whole new technology. Well, but see, here's the thing: I was in um, college at the time, and yeah. I was studying film. Oh, really? And one of the things that really impressed me about uh, Pulp, Fiction. Pulp Fiction was the framing mechanism, because it's like, okay, how many frames can we wrap this movie in? There's a, huh. a frame within a frame within a frame within a frame. There's a little story here in the middle, and it starts backing out the rest of the frame. It's completely uh, non-sequential wow. because yeah. of the way it's told. Brilliantly done. Like editing, uh, just amazing the way it does. Huh. And Forrest Gump has a framing mechanism too. And the thing that bothered me was that the framing mechanism was not symmetrical. So like at the end of the framing mechanism... You had thirty more minutes of movie. Like it, it wasn't like an end cap. It didn't like it, it to me it just wasn't technically as brilliant. <laughs> not as tight, not as Right. Whereas I missed the point. Okay. I missed the whole 
the whole message of the yeah. movie because I was too caught up in my technical <laughs> idiocy. Sometimes you just so, got to step back and watch the movie for the movie, man. That I know, but like I was story, saying, I was yeah, I was I young you. and stupid, and I was in college, and I was all shame high on, and mighty about shame what on I knew. Young David, and shame all on this. Young David. Yeah. No, that's good. So, what but is, so anyway, it was a great show. Yeah. They, they had a guest uh, host on the show, a friend of of um, of of. Uh, <laughs> Brandon's, yeah, <laughs> friend of Brandon's named Richard, who was really uh, added a lot to it because he was. This is like his favorite movie, really? and so yeah, you could tell he was really jazzed about it, and wow. he could he could do a spot on Forrest Gump too. Really, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. That's it awesome. was just really good. It was very. I'll have to check it out. Very insightful. I'm sorry. I sincerely apologize to Michael and Brendan that I have not been <laughs> faithful in watching. You know, and I almost did the other. Actually, last night driving back from Fort Worth, but man, that was a that was a long drive. Anyways, but uh, I, I didn't get a chance to. I was I was planning on hitting that one, but uh, yeah. I missed it. So I'll catch up. I promise, and give you a full synopsis. <laughs> so, anyways, what's been going on with you? Oh, just working here at the coffee shop, trying to get it up to speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're serving paninis at some point. Yeah, at some point. I'm really excited. <laughs> Not tomorrow about that. or anything. Not tomorrow. <laughs> What about that fountain machine? Oh, that turned into a huge... I mean, I got it for a song, oh, yeah. but, you know, it's going to be... There's a lot involved with that. Really? It's just going to take a lot more than I thought. See, I want one of those in my bedroom. Yeah, well, good luck with that. You're going to fill your closet with equipment. Yeah, that's true, I hear. <laughs> it's a lot of... Yeah, those are so awesome. That was one of my dream, you know, whenever I was a kid. I'm going to uh-huh. be a millionaire. Soda fountain. I'm going to have a soda fountain in my kitchen. <laughs> And a McDonald's down the street. No, I'm joking. Okay, so we um, Everything's going all right with me, I guess. We uh, are gearing up for youth camp. We finished Super Summer. Now yeah, we have youth camp. Man. Next week. So You just keep on rolling. Oh, it's crazy. It's been a crazy, crazy <laughs> summer for me. It's, uh, yeah. One crazy summer. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yes, I That's have. a funny movie. I'll That's a great movie. <laughs> Anyways, y'all should do a Finding Christ in Cinema. Yeah. That's a Bobcat Goldthwait, or Thwait, whatever his name is. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He can't, he's like stutters really, really bad. Are we ready to move on? Dude, yeah, let's move on. And now, the news. Well, I can't think of any news to share on this Friday uh, the 26th. The 26th of, of May. June. Of June, yeah. <laughs> Am I in June or May? Yes. I can't think of any news Friday the 26th It's a June. day long remembered. <laughs> a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> yeah. The Supreme Court declares... It has seen the end of the rebellion. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> declares, wow. <laughs> Gay couples have a right to marry in any state. Supreme Court has ruled and overturned every state's um, ban on same-sex marriage, and therefore... um, And everyone must actually take part in a gay ceremony before you die. Exactly. Either as an officiator, flower girl, ring bearer, no. Uh, Cake maker. That's right. This morning... Why cake makers are always on the discussion list when it comes to this? It's really interesting because, you know, they can be dissenters, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know. 
But this, it's going to be interesting what happens. Uh, this morning, <coughs> the Supreme Court of the United States declared the same-sex couples have the right to marry in any state in the United States, according to Associated Press. Already, gay couples can marry in 36 states and the D- uh, District of Columbia. The court's ruling means remaining states will stop enforcing bans on same-sex marriages. The ruling was close, with five of the justices ruling in favor and four against. So basically what this means is you can go to any state now and get a marriage license and be married in uh, that state if you are a same-sex couple. Um, now, the question is going to be, how is this going to pan out for our churches? How is this going to pan out for our ministers? Um, are they going to be... This is going to make things hard on the theonomist. They are, Yeah, very hard on theonomist. I thought about that today. Did also, you? Also, I saw a tweet from a, a familiar theonomist that maybe we'll have on the show someday <laughs> that, uh, um, that was not happy. Uh, and But... The, the thing it's is... going the, the wrong way for that. That's right. It's like the exact opposite. So um, the question is, what's going to happen here? Are churches going to be forced um, uh, by uh, 401c3 status or, or 501... Was it 501c3? Is it 501? I'm not sure exactly tax what it exempt. is. The tax well, exempt. Well, 501c3 is a tax-exempt corporation, but I don't think that's the same... Uh, that's what we have. For the church, C3. I think it's a 40... I think it's a 40-something for Pretty churches. Sure it's, 501C3. it's the same thing, but I think one of them's for a corporation and one of them's for... I don't know. Anyways, we could, you know, is it, this is a question, are we going to lose our tax-exempt status? Um, can ministers be sued, like cake makers be sued if they don't officiate weddings? But, you know, nowadays anybody can go online and get a a uh, a license and become a minister to you know to officiate a wedding so it's not a big deal but uh that being said obviously if you go on twitter on facebook on insta on any social media site right now they are all oh it's a buzz a buzz <coughs> with uh, uh both for and against oh yeah it's pretty interesting my feed today i've seen both sides and it it's getting ugly out there. So uh, I would just like to remind us. Yeah. Go listen to, what was it? Which episode was it of ours? <laughs> Go listen to one of the Theonauts episodes right. where we talk about how you should talk online and That's how you right. should deal with problems. Yeah. I would just like to remind us that, you know, what, what we need to do is make sure that we are always representing our Savior with love, with mm-hmm. kindness whenever we share these words. Um, mercy, mercy. There's grace. A, You've gotten plenty of it. That's right. So hand it out. Yep. There's a uh, there's a hashtag that's going around with a rainbow heart afterwards. That's that's hashtag love wins. And I would like to say that yes, love does win mm-hmm. because it won two thousand years ago with Jesus Christ. And so we need to remember that, and we need to share that gospel in everything we do, no yep. matter what. And so, that's, <clears throat> well, it is a, a little annoying that. Love and rainbows have been co-opted. It's sad. It's terrible. <laughs> I know who had those first. That's right. You know, we should take them back. Um, but already, with, with our with our, uh, with our southern flag exactly. flying <laughs> and our shotgun. Hey, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Oh man, it's crazy. Well, you know, I uh, I spent the morning working on the roof with uh, of our church with a whole bunch of our. <clears throat> elder parishioners, a lot of older men, you know, mm-hmm. working out there, and 
It was pretty interesting. Probably handling the heat better than you were, weren't they? <laughs> they were, man. They could do it. <laughs> you know, they were born and raised in this stuff, though. Anyways, uh, they uh, it was pretty interesting to hear some of the some of the comments. We're about to secede from the nation, and and oh, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And so I'm I'm really interested to see what happens uh, with our with our nation right now. It's a it's a interesting time to be in. Maybe a scary time to be in, but we know that God's on the throne and he's ultimately going to win out. So Mm -hmm. Supreme Court declares gay marriage legal. Pretty crazy. All right. Next in the news, models of the Dukes of Hazzard's General Lee. You know that car. Just good old boys. (laughs) That's right. Models of the Dukes of Hazzard's General Lee will no longer be made in the wake of this flag controversy. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so Walmart in the past week has taken every item that has the <clears throat> Confederate flag off of their shelves. The General Lee is not going to be made anymore. You can still buy Dodge Chargers? You can still buy Dodge Chargers. You oh, just okay. can't have that General Lee You mean the uh, Dodge Charger itself is not racist? No. It's, just the paint job? It's just the paint job. Okay. That's right. Um, so it's crazy. <laughs> okay, so the I, this is from Is that Rebel a Charger Magazine. or the Challenger? It's a Charger. I thought it was a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the iconic. This is from Relevant Magazine. The iconic car from the TV show The Dukes of Hazzard, which bears an image of a large Confederate flag on truth, will no longer be licensed by the studio that owns the franchise. In a statement by Yahoo News, the Warner Brothers representative said, "Warner Brothers con- Consumer Products has one license, producing diecast replicas and vehicles." Model kits featuring the General Lee with the Confederate flag on its roof, as it was seen in the TV series. We've elected to cease the licensing of the product categories. So this this falls in the wake of uh, major retailers, Walmart, eBay, Sears, Amazon. They've all announced that they're going to stop flying or selling or mm-hmm. doing anything with Confederate <coughs> flags. Uh, there's a talk in South Carolina right now about... Uh, whether or not they need to take it down from the state capitol. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of other states that have already done that. Um, I doubt Alabama is going to move to do that, but uh, it's pretty interesting to see what's happening. Uh, Georgia, again, Georgia's part of their flag is the Confederate flag. Like Georgia, Georgia state flag is the Confederate flag, I think, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Or uh, that, like I don't it. know So about Georgia history or anything. I think so. I'm pulling <clears> it up. <throat> but, uh, but, you know, this is a huge controversy. What do you think about the whole flag thing? You got I any- think it's a non-issue. I, I think people, people just have to get upset about stuff these days. <laughs> so do you- <laughs> I mean, the, the Confederacy wasn't just about race right it wasn't the, i mean yes that played a big part in it not necessarily race but slavery right. and and uh the the south how that they viewed that so that played a part into it but that, that's you know there's other southern pride things tied to that flag other than that and so i think it's kind of silly to to make it one-to-one ratio you know that if you've got that flag you're a racist mm-hmm. um I, I mean, I I don't have that flag anywhere. I'm not waving it around, so it doesn't affect me. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so whatever. Well, it's a stereotype, I think. Yeah. Um, Just yeah, like it, everything else mm-hmm. is a stereotype. And, you know, so if you, well, how dare you stand for what they stand for? And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I, they stand for that. They might like the flag because that's where their ancestors. But I've heard, you know, I've heard <laughs> some pretty good arguments for and against one of the ones i liked was uh franklin graham came out and he said you know my grandfather i had grandfathers or great 
you know, people in my family who fought on both sides, Confederate and uh, in Union. And he said, while I'm proud of, of my Confederate side, uh, I realize that maybe it belongs in a museum now instead of flown outside on the front lawn. Right. And, uh, and I totally dig that. Just like, uh, you know, maybe, uh, <coughs> you know, other flags such as, and I'm not comparing the, the Confederate flag with a Nazi flag. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, if you want to fly it, fine. Certain. I don't stand for what it stands for. I think what it stands for is exactly. abhorrent. But if you want to fly it, that's so. I mean, I, I kind of think that they should let people have the right, right, to have it and to fly it and sure. that sort of thing. And if corporations like, uh, you know, Walmart or whatever doesn't want to get involved and removes it. To just remove the controversy, right? Then uh, that's up to them. It's and it's uh, let me clarify: still a capitalist society. Yeah, Georgia actually changed their flag design in around like 2013. It used to be half Confederate flag and mm-hmm. then half blue, and now it's different colors. So, yeah, Georgia actually was ahead of the ball game in mm-hmm. changing that flag. But still, I mean, they they also have uh, <laughs> what is it? No, this that's in Bam the Rebels. Uh, what's the name of that? University, I can't remember the name of it. They're the Rebels, the Rebs. Oh. <laughs> Mississippi is it? In Mississippi, is it Mississippi? Uh, Old Miss, Old Miss, Old Miss Rebels. Yeah. Mm. So you got to look at all well, that stuff. And, <clears throat> well, there's also mean? there's a, you know, in the Metroplex, the Dallas Metroplex in in South Garland was the Confederates. <laughs> that was the, the right. Colonels or whatever, and they they had a Confederate flag as their. Symbol, yeah, and I I think that's long gone. But I I know people that went to that high school, right? And back whenever they had a Confederate flag on their annuals, their yearbooks, you know, and all that. Right, it's pretty crazy what's what's going on. So, um, and that you know ties straight into the shooting uh, in in Charleston, uh, Manual African Methodist Episcopal Church, Mm -hmm. um, which dates back two hundred years. We all know what happened. And this was, you know, it's been a uh, week and a half since this happened, but Dylan Roof was invited in to their evening meeting and uh, shot and killed nine people at the Bible study there in the basement, um, and he was arrested. Um, he told one of the survivors um, that, I'm not going to kill you, I'm going to spare you so you can tell them what happened. Um, and he did it because of racial issues um obviously he was arrested and then what was really cool to see even though this is a huge tragedy you know terrible i mean it's a church and you're in bible study right somebody you invite somebody in and then they kill nine of your you know members crazy i can't imagine that anyway so they um some of the victims families met with him via video cast Did yeah you see I, saw, this? I saw that it's amazing they they shared their grief a lot of a lot of grace yeah in those people's hearts that's right and then they shared the fact that they forgive him and mm-hmm. that's a huge thing you know just a big picture of of grace in the uh um in the face of adversity yep um i saw some really good posts from people uh just sharing their hearts and one of my favorite, Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song. You can go check it out. It's really neat about how uh, how uh, evil will not 
overcome us, but we will overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a powerful truth. So, anyways, um, that's that's what's uh, that's what's in the news. That's what I have today. Alrighty. <laughs> Theo Trivia. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! And I will, Shia. I will. I will just beat David in this Theo Trivia today. We're starting all over, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. So I will just win this one totally outright. Okay. You're done, man. You're Let's done. Do I'm going to just do Old it. Testament. Lay it on me. All right, bring it on. Okay. What word for a Jewish coin can also be a Jewish unit of measure equal to approximately 0.533 ounces. (laughs) Okay, I'm thinking... Because there's several options here. Yeah, there are. The mina, the shekel, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. the talent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Talent's going to be heavier than that. Mm, uh-huh, uh-huh. I ain't telling you. This face gives <laughs> no budgets. I'm going to say shekel. You're right. <laughs> yes. Speaking of shekel, do you remember the band Ten Shekels shirt? Do it! <laughs> do you remember that no, man? No, I, I do not. Man, I just thought of them. Ten shekel what? Ten shekel shirt. It was a band. It was a Christian band back in the day, dude. I, I have to go look them up, mm. like right after Theodots, and download their music again. I was a huge fan of them when I was like fourteen. Ten shekel shirt. Wow. No, I haven't heard. I of- love how stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> anyways, all right. Bring it on, me, All big right, guy. you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Goliath and David both wore helmets made of what metal? The l- l- lanolin? Lanolin like sheep's wool? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, that's not a metal, Jeremiah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to go with iron. Oh, no way. Should have went with brass. Brass. Dad, gum. I was thinking Iron Age. First Samuel 17. I didn't know that. I would have given you bronze because brass and bronze are the same thing. It was the Bronze Age. Was it? I don't know. I'm just trying to guess. (laughs) I think that was the Bronze Age. How in the world am I supposed to know that? Really? Honestly? (laughs) Come on, Bible trivia. It's in 1 Samuel 17. Yeah, I should have that memorized, shouldn't I there, David? (laughs) I got the basic concept of the story down. I mean, David lobs off Goliath's head, carries it back, you know, as in victory after he wallops him. Am I a dog that you come at me with staves? Exactly. Okay. So, you uncircumcised Philistine. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you ready for... No, it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. History and geography. Oh, man. I don't even want to read... Okay. Who was the ruler of Rome when Jesus was born? Oh, <laughs> 
Just do it! <laughs> Tiberius Caesar. No. Is that not right? Uh, Who is it? Augustus. In, the, in those days, Caesar Augustus had a degree decree that all... Yeah. Ah, I blew that one. Yeah, you did. I'll give you a chance. I knew that. <laughs> I Man, why don't I get these? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Still in Old Testament, apparently. Oh, that's right. I need to flip over Okay. Who were spared in the fall of Jericho? Rahab and her family. Yes! yes. Woohoo! So we're tied. <laughs> Tell me, David. Yes. Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> Let's go deeply. It's kind of Freudian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> how how was your father to you? Amazing. Was he? Yeah. Was he a good father? Yeah, great guy. Yeah, I can tell because of who you are. You're a wonderful He's a father. tough guy, though. Was he? Yeah. Disciplinarian? Yes. Did you get your... He's not so much anymore. Oh, he's, yeah. he's changed over the years. You know, yeah. But when I, I was a kid, man. <laughs> I know your father, and he still... <laughs> he he kind of intimidates me just a little bit <laughs> when I see him. Kind of scary guy a little bit. He had a saying... If it ain't bleeding, you're not hurt. Oh, that's a good saying. <laughs> Quit your crying. Wow. So you know, I had an awesome father too, but my father was more of a lovey dovey father. Like oh, yeah. really lovey dovey. And he still is, you know. We'd drive down the road singing John Denver songs together and <laughs> playing bed knobs and broomsticks, which was a stupid game where I'd tap on the drive shaft of the car and he'd floor it like some magical <laughs> thing was happening. <laughs> Oh, cool. good times, man. Good times. That's awesome. Yeah, so we both had pretty good fathers. Yeah. So last Sunday was Father's Day. The yes, day it that was. we honor our fathers. Were you honored? I was. I was very much like, you see this little, oh, he fell. Oh, no. A little gizmo yeah. right here from the Gremlins movie. That's great. My daughter gave that to me for Father's Day. Oh, it's so sweet. He's Funko Pop. Funko Pop. Great. Yeah, I love those things. Yeah, they're awesome, man. <laughs> I could collect them all. You know, they have a Ninja Turtles van. Funko Pop does? Yes, I've seen that. I want to get it so badly. <laughs> Anyways, so so you were honored for Father's Day. Yes. I, I called my dad, and I finally got a hold of him at 8 o'clock at night. It's really hard to find him on Father's Day because he's a pastor. Yeah. It's Sunday, so yeah. I can never get a hold of him, but... Anyways, I called him. And so we uh, we at Theonauts decided to, for this topic, for this episode, it was supposed to be aired on Tuesday, but yeah, I had a migraine. But anyways... um. We decided... Excuses, to, excuses. Exactly. Terrible. Hey, huh? Finding Christ and Sin is just off the air this week. Are they? Yeah. They're just not even... They just, well, I'm not even going to do it. Blew it out of the park with Forrest Gump. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame and on you. And then they're like, yep, that'll last us a couple of weeks right there. <laughs> <laughs> we win. <laughs> no. Uh, so we decided to do a Theonauts on... God as Father, because it mm -hmm. is a very prevalent metaphor in Scripture. And a very important one when it comes to understanding your Christianity. Right. And I, I think one that 
too many people that don't grasp yeah. the the concept yeah. of of just what a father is in in terms of uh, God. Right. You know, I I was doing some uh, work in the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and um, was talking to one of the missionaries there, and he said uh, the concept of God is so hard for these people because their society is so fatherless mm. that. You know, the guys are just hopping from woman to woman. They may have tons of kids with different women or whatever, and there's no right. family type of, at least in the in the countryside areas where we were working. It was just so prevalent. These kids are growing up without a father. Wow. And so they have no concept you know, of and what that, a father is. That Sadly, that sounds like where we're headed as a society in America mm-hmm. today. Um, more and more kids, uh, I, I work as a youth pastor, um, so I see this on the front lines. More and more kids are growing up without a, a healthy understanding or an yeah. understanding at all of what a father is And that really to be. hinders your relationship with God because you don't know what that relationship is supposed to be. That's right. And so, um, and I think it also, if we look back at first century, um, uh, the Roman Empire in first century, we can mm-hmm. understand that, you know, a lot of these a lot of the Gentiles, especially the Roman citizens, missed out on this this imagery. Right. But what's amazing is is the Jewish culture really grasped that. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. But we we're looking at God as Father. I just recently finished up a uh, a series with my youth group about the nature of who God is. We spent about five weeks just diving into his nature. So we started with his omnipotence. We went to his right. omnipresence. And kind of the same thing we did. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, yeah, we did a theonauts on that because that's what I was teaching at the time. <laughs> Anyways, so we looked at God's... So we just wait for you to do a study and then, <laughs> right. and then bam. So wait for Acts because it's coming up. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about that, by the way. Me and Riley are working on that, but our other theonaut. I needed a fan. Are you okay? It's, it's hot. It is hot out there, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways, so but one of the one of the images, and actually the image that we ended on, uh, we were going to end on God as King. Okay. But we ended up ending on God as Father because I think it's so important that after we see God as King, we right. see God as Father because right. that puts us in our proper mm-hmm. place in relation to who He is. It's really neat picture so yeah i mean you have all these pictures of who god is and you see him as this i mean holy omnipotent being and he's so which powerful he, which he is yes and he absolutely is all, all of deserving that. of lordship deserving of kingship that's right i mean the minute you see him your first response is going to be fall down before right. him and worship him yeah. and that's that's absolutely biblical but beside that, what's really cool is he bids us get up from that state mm-hmm. and come to him. My daddy's the king. Exactly. Which is so awesome. <laughs> so we're going to look a little bit about, um, look at the, the, the Hebrew imagery or history of God as Father. Okay. And so the first thing I did whenever I was studying this topic was I looked at the Old Testament to find out the references of God being Father in the Old Testament. And this is what I discovered. It's referred to one, two, three, four, five, six, either six or seven times mm. in the Old Testament. Six or seven times. In all times. 39 books. In all 39 books, it's referred to six, seven time, six or seven times only in three books. In first, in, or, I'm sorry, in Second Samuel, Mm-hmm. In First Chronicles and in Psalm, 
And so is is the Chronicles and the Samuel the same? The exact same reference. Yes. <laughs> the so exact it's really same only <laughs> three times three or four times. times. That's right. Right. And both of these, you you hit the nail on the head. The first one um, is in Second Samuel seven fourteen, and it's actually well. Let's let's look there real quick because this gives us a good understanding of what they talked about in the Old Testament with God as Father. So if you can pull that up for me real quick, Second Samuel what? Uh, we're going to go to Second Samuel seven and verse fourteen. Okay, I'm reading in the NCV. Okay, it says I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he sins, I will use other people to punish him. They will be my whips. Okay. Now, this is, uh, this is uh, Samuel prophesying over David. Mm-hmm. Okay. And actually, he's talking about David and David's descendants. Right. Okay. So it starts out in verse, uh, verse uh, 12. When your days are fulfilled, and this is in the ESV that I'm reading, when your days are fulfilled and you I'll lie... I'll jump over there, too. Okay. It says, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who should come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And, of course, this is to, this is talking about two different people here. Mm-hmm. This is talking about uh, um, Solomon. Right. Um, but it's also talking about Jesus. Okay. He shall build it. It's a foreshadowing of Christ. Right. He shall build a house in my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Okay, And then he says, I will be to him a father. He shall be to me a son. Okay, And then it says, when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him. This is talking about Samuel, yes. specifically not about Jesus. I will discipline with the rod of men. But with the uh, discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. Now it still plays in real well. It does play in with Christ. And, well, and it plays in well with with us as sons as as well. Absolutely. So I've got a, 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 some notes over here on if we if it's in yours as well on uh, on discipline and how that all yeah works. And we'll, so. yeah, we'll get to that when we we take that. So picture. yeah, it ties into there. But it's really interesting to me. And this is okay. So this is basically um, the type of father that's referred to in the Old Testament. Is this? He's the father <coughs> of David's line. Over and over again, that's what that's referring to. In Psalm, when David's writing, he talks about God being the father of his 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 line. And who am I that you should be the father of my right. uh, my my line? But it, it's never specifically outside of that in the Old Testament. Yes, you see this picture: God is only the father to the king. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's that's only in the Old Testament. So imagine if you're a good Jewish boy growing up uh, in first century Palestine. Okay, right. And uh, Palestine, Judea. Sorry, first century Judea. I man, I'm such a it's product the, of my it's culture. The, it's the Palestine area. Yeah, but. the Palestine area. Anyways, if you're a good Jewish boy growing up in first century Judea, um, and you've read your Old Testament, then who God is to you is totally different than the idea of what we have today. In fact, who God is to you is G slash. D, right? He is he is <laughs> right. Yah. He's not even Yahweh. He's Yah because they didn't want to say his whole name. I mean, he was this holy thing that was up there and we Correct. were down here and we worship him, but we don't They only have... saw the one nature, exactly. that one side of, of God, yeah. which is that, that guy that you can't look at 
and live. Right. The, the the one who who cannot even look upon sin and and I mean that's and that's who he is. But they're missing. That's right. Something else. They're they're totally missing this. And so along comes this Jewish rabbi, right? And he's teaching a new yoke, right? He's teaching a new new thing. And I want us to turn. Let's go to Matthew. Uh, chapter five, real quick. Okay. And we're gonna look at. Uh, oh, I didn't write it down, but we can find it. Let's look at the Beatitudes. <clears throat> okay. okay. First few verses. There. Yeah, first few verses there. Um, and I'll just start reading. So imagine you're a Jewish boy. You know your Old Testament. You're a, you're yeah. a good study of your Old Testament. You know who God is. You know who man is. You have this idea. I've got the Torah memorized. Yeah, I've got the Torah memorized. I've, I've, <laughs> I've been in that line. And so Jesus sits down and starts teaching you. And this is what he says. He opened his mouth saying to them, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then he gets to verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Yes. Okay? So the, for the very first time ever, really, you have this image of sons of God mm-hmm. and their people. And going back to the Old Testament, whenever that term is used, sons of God, it's used in Genesis 6, it's used in Job 1, it's referring to angels. Yeah. Bene Elohim. Right. It means it means the angels. Yeah. And so this is not inclusive of us, these people here, peacemakers. Right. Well, it's amazing. So Jesus keeps on going, right? And he, he gives the Beatitudes, and then he, and he talks about the commandments, right? He starts talking about the commandments. And then he talks about forgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's go down a little bit. Uh where is it? I'm sorry. I'm love your enemies. Uh, I think that <clears throat> where where he he calls him the father for the first time, really. Um, is it the last verse? Is it the last verse? Of you therefore five? must be perfect, even as your heavenly father. Yes, you there must be perfect. Right, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Okay, in this word, father, we we have Potter in the in the. Uh, uh, in the, um, I'm sorry, in the Greek, not, yeah, in the Greek, is it Potter or is it, um, no, it's not, yeah, it's Potter in the Greek, but it goes back to an Aramaic word that Jesus was using at the time, which is Abba, A B B A, okay, Abba. So, yeah, Potter, which means literally parent or mm-hmm. father, right? Right. But Abba is something even more dear, right? Okay, Abba actually means it's not just like technical term father over there. Correct. Well, uh, Ab yes is the is the Hebrew uh, word for father, so it's A B Ab Ab. And um, how that how that formulates is is A is the Hebrew letter Aleph, which means the head, the beginning, the leader. Right. Uh, bet is B is the next word in that or letter in that word, and that means home. So leader of the home. 
Right. That's that's how the word came about. So Father, Ab, leader of the home. So Abba is a term of endearment right. based on that Abba. Right. So so in other words, it's like I come up to my dad and I I call him dad. Mm-hmm. Right. He's my dad. He's not. And you know, I could come up and I could say father, and, and you know that would be. But it's a it's a term of endearment, like a father has with a son, and it's a it's a really special relationship mm-hmm. there. So that's really the first time in Matthew five that Jesus is using this. And then he goes, I mean, look at chapter six, verse one: Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your father in heaven so imagine you're a jewish boy and you're really hearing this term referred to for god for the first time Mm -hmm. and then you know it's awesome verse four uh he's talking about giving to the needy so that you may have um so that you're giving maybe in secret and your father Father. who sees in secret will reward you and then he talks about prayer and this is where i imagine it knocked them out okay (laughs) because for the first time jesus because now he's praying to us father exactly instead of (laughs) almighty omnipotent god who's up there and i'm down here he says when you pray and it's actually commandment he commands us to pray when you pray pray like this our father in Mm -hmm. heaven which there's our in there by the way yeah our but that's a (laughs) that's a that's a plural possessive right our Yes. So he's talking about actually everybody praying together congregationally. Right. Okay. That's but everywhere else is really like mm-hmm. specific. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's bringing it together. He's saying our Father. In other words, He is your well, heavenly Father. And for the first time, these Jewish people were going, "Wait a minute! You're calling God, God Father." Mm-hmm. This is something that is totally revolutionary. It's something that we glance over today. Right, and because we totally, we're so used to it. Totally and, miss and, it. And we're so used to even the term father being lifted up into that pietist position you right. know, by the, by the Catholic Church and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, father so-and-so and, and whatever. But you're right. This would have been something that uh, Jesus is making a point about relationship right that was never made before exactly and you know there's a lot of people that that will claim that christianity is not about relationship it's about obedience or it's about <laughs> uh, you know any number of other things but what it really is about is about building a relationship with this supreme being That's right. who at who in times past was unreachable un completely unattainable right you could not get to him because you were not worthy of him and you're still not worthy of him but jesus builds that bridge that gives us a worthy uh position exactly so i want to point out 60 65 times in the synoptic gospels Mm -hmm. this is just in the synoptic gospels okay matthew mark and luke that jesus calls god father uh in the synoptic gospel, 65 times. So imagine you had, what was it, six times in the, in the Old Testament versus 65 times in the synoptic yeah, gospel. Hebrews went to town on this. Right. Jesus is pointing this out over and over again. Now, in John, in the book of John, uh, 
it's over a hundred times that Jesus <laughs> refers to God right. as Father. It's this radical idea that God is our Father. It's this whole other adds this whole other dimension to our relationship with the man who created us. Okay, and it's not based off of the creation as our Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people. I think they muddle that a little bit. Uh, God is creator. He is our creator. Right. But it's even more intimate than that. He's actually a relational being. You see, a lot of people can be a creator of another person, right? And then leave. Those are right. deadbeat dads, right? right. They're yeah. people that just have no relationship. Jesus is actually saying, no, this guy who created you, he actually wants to have an ongoing right. relationship with Go you. Go figure. I mean, that that is... Why is that revolutionary? If you think about it, if we take this pattern to what we have here on Earth, right? Why would we think otherwise? Right. What that the 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 man who created me, I want a relationship with him, like my dad here on Earth. I I want that relationship. Yeah, it's a it's it's, it's natural. It's a natural desire, and you know, every every young man, especially I think of young men. You know, yes. and I know that women they they crave that relationship too. Oh yeah, daughter. Well, crave and it. and I, I can tell you just from experience that a father daughter relationship is different than a father son relationship, but it's still every bit as powerful. I mean, right. it's like even like for example, my my son is is grown and very independent and and that sort of thing. My daughter still calls me daddy. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's she's still, even though she's got a child of her own and and working on this adoption. I mean, she's she's got her own family, right? But whenever she's over at my house, it's still daddy, and I mean, it's it's it's, it's still like this in, this very close um, loving relationship that will never go away, right? right. And. and so it's amazing. Again, to point out, just to, just to, I, because I don't think this could be overstated, this was a total revolutionary way of thinking of God to these people. Mm-hmm. In fact, so much so that, okay, um, you have uh, Mark 14, 36, where it actually points out Abba, Father. Right. It actually uses the word in Aramaic, Abba, just to right, show. Right. And this is, the, this is where Jesus is kneeling down the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. uh, sweating drops of blood, and he's crying out, Daddy, Daddy, you know, I need you. Take this cup from me. Right. Right. Nevertheless, not my will, but you're done. Yours be done. It's a great picture. And this is the same word, he again, he uses throughout. This is so revolutionary that the first century church, if you think about it, the first century Greek church, the... Um, didn't have any other really word for fa- a word for God. Mm-hmm. When it, whenever they became Christian churches, Greek churches were founded. All they used was Abba. They actually went back to an Aramaic word instead of using Greek. They went <laughs> right. back to an Aramaic word instead of saying Potter. They actually called God Abba, right? Yeah. And you can even trace this back to think of our doxologies, mm-hmm. the very first doxology, right? Which is I believe in God. The Father, mm-hmm. Almighty Maker mm-hmm. of heaven and earth. This was a revolutionary idea back then because all of a sudden we had a connection, a relationship with God as Father. 
So it's a really uh, important picture. In fact, Paul uses the picture over 40 times in the epistles. Uh, He uses it in prayers, uh, in doxologies, and thanksgivings, and exhortations. He uses it over and over and over again because he wants us to get this whole idea that God is Father. So what is so important about this uh, metaphor, Mm -hmm. if you will? Because it's a a metaphor that God's using. Right. Um, Well, do you have Romans eight fourteen? Yes, I you? do, and that's where I okay. want to go to. So, do you want to go there now? Sure. All right, uh, because I think it ties in perfectly with this whole uh, idea of of uh, of Abba and what Abba, what Abba is is sure. is about. So, in Romans eight and verse fourteen, uh, in ESV it says, "For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God." Yes. For you do not you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry abba father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god and if children then heirs heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Right. So you have this idea of Christ being the the firstborn, right? And he's, right. he's the son. Mm-hmm. And he brings this miraculous truth that, hey, guess what? We're all brothers in Christ. We've yes. been we've been sanctified by his blood, by, by Christ's blood, and adopted. So amazing that we can call Christ our brother. Exactly. And adopted in this family. So um, we did a, a Theonauts on adoption right. quite a while back, and it mm-hmm. was it's probably still one of my favorite Theonauts because it's just so prevalent to me. And um, the reason is, is, of course, and I'll tell this again, the story again, because I could... I love using this analogy. It's right. awesome. Uh, I have a adopted brother. His name is Ton, T-H-A-N-H, Ton. Uh, Noah Orr. He, he picked his middle name, Noah. It used to be something different. And uh, he wanted the A-H, just like my my name, Jeremiah, and my sister's oh, gotcha. name, Rebecca. So he liked the A-H, so he picked Noah. So he still goes by Ton, though. Although mm-hmm. I think some people call him Noah now, which is interesting. But it's, it's like this... <laughs> Moving on, and this this fits perfectly. But, anyways, when Ton first was adopted in the family, you know he was completely different, right? He Mm -hmm. grew up. He wasn't. He was twelve or thirteen whenever he uh, was adopted in, and uh, um, you know, although he had spent time with the family and everything, he he was from a different background. uh, Struggled with some horrific things in his young childhood. Um, and, and, you know, just got moved around. He had other brothers and sisters and, and just had a, had a tough go. And so when he was adopted in, when we put that last name on him, when he, he got that last name or he was completely and fully an or right. And then he started progressing in that to the point where, I mean, he is an or in fact, whenever I talk to him on the phone, sometimes I can, I can almost confuse him with my father because he sounds so much <laughs> like him. They they talk to right. him, they talk like mm-hmm. each other, they act like each other. You know, he spent so much time with my dad growing up that now, I mean, it's it's uncanny because that happens yes. when you spend time 
with somebody. Right. You begin to mimic them. You begin to pick yeah. up their mannerisms. You begin to, which which plays in perfect with this because that's what we should be. That's the importance of a relationship. Yeah. And why it's not just service. No. It's not just obedience. That's right. Yes, that's there. But the most important thing is relationship yeah. because if you have a relationship with uh, with God, you will start to be like Him. Yeah, you will start to act like Him. Which that's that is the whole uh, 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 sanctification process. If you can, I mean, no longer do I call you servant, but I call you brother. Right. Mm-hmm. The idea is we we we're not slaves to righteousness anymore. We're actually sons to righteousness. And the the idea is, you know, I a slave can be obedient to his master to some point, but a mm-hmm. son, how much more because he loves his father does he desire, have that natural desire to be obedient? Right. Right, have that natural hunger to to be like it. So if you think about this awesome story, which is God, the universe, and everything, and you go back to the original <laughs> uh, in Genesis 1, when God creates us, he creates us for a purpose. And I continually go back to this. He creates us to be his image and likeness, mm-hmm. reflecting his glory for for his glory. Right. That's what he created us for, right? Was to be pictures of him. Right. We're That's, made in his image. We're made in his image. That's his, our whole point. Mm-hmm. We screwed it up, right? <laughs> and what does he do? He adopts us right back into his family and begins creating in us. So that we can be conformed again back to his back image. Back to his image. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it when people talk to me about, because I have a great father, I love when people talk to me and say, you know, you're the spitting image of your dad. Mm. That's an awesome thing for me because I'm going, man, my dad's pretty cool. You know, when you think <laughs> about it, that guy's, that guy's great. We, right. I love it whenever I, I answer the phone and somebody goes, Blake? And I go, no, I'm Jeremiah, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really neat to, you know, and I pick up oh, the... Even the stupid sayings, like, I'll be preaching and I'll say, gag me with a wooden spoon, which is what my dad always used to, you know, always used to when wow. growing up. Yeah. Okay. It's hokey. It's what terrible. It? You grew up with some valley girls in California? Gag me with a wooden spoon. I don't know. But it's crazy. But that's that's exactly what, you know, this is. And, and so, for me, it works. And I have to, we have to go back and think about actually at this time. So if we go back into first century Palestine and we talk about how uh, Jewish people really got this concept. Mm-hmm. It worked for the Jewish people because they understood family. Uh, family. Right. They, they understood. It was patriarchal. Family. Right. It was patriarchal and it was really important. And that's what this is. Right. The this father is... played an important right. part of the family. He was the leader. He was the head. Um, but he was also loving and he, he led his family in love. And so... In fact, um, I was reading this Jewish rabbi about the Exodus, um, and it talked about how right after the Exodus, they did a census, and they used the the paternal name for the census, right, for the right. household. Right. And he said, you know... House of David. The House of David, that's yeah. right. That would not have worked with almost every culture around them. Because in every other culture, the paternal name was nothing. Yeah. To the Egyptians, they had no clue who their fathers were right. because they right. they intermingled so much. That's why there's a a, a, a a titler name used like Pharaoh, right, or like uh, Caesar, 
or yeah, uh, that's exactly or, right. You know, Abimelech. Th- yeah. Those are names that are tied to their their uh, title names, right. and could be could even be that um, uh, Darius. Yeah, in in the Medes, in the Medes and Persians, could have been a, a title name, a title name instead of a paternal name, and right? So that you know that uh, it's amazing how in the Jewish culture, because of the family closeness and the way it's a way that God intended it, right? That this image, this metaphor works. But if you go over to the Roman culture for a second and you think about them, I was reading about how I guess. The father in the Roman culture wasn't; it was just a father by title only. Mm-hmm. And then it was a <laughs> there was it was a hands off experience growing up uh, in the Roman culture. In other words, you had slaves raising you. If you were born into a Roman family, you had slaves raising you. Your father was kind of off doing his own thing, whatever he wanted to. Right. He, he never messed with the family, so it was the mother. And the slaves that raised you. And then, you know, your father was almost like a pain in your side because you couldn't even own land until your father died. So there were people in the Senate, <laughs> right. right, who uh, who who couldn't even own land. And so that's where, I mean, there were a lot of patricides going on. There was a lot of killing going on because of this, right. this problem. And, and even, you know, it was really harsh. We talked about the whole adoption thing uh, again going back to that old theonauts we talked about how uh you know if it was a we have we have actual first century writings letters personal letters where a father sent back to the mother and said if it's a boy keep it if it's a girl kill it mm, right <laughs> right because yeah. it's just you know that's how they treated everything so you know you have it i i, I want to make that point because i think in our culture going back to the idea of our culture right now mm-hmm. this metaphor works beautifully for you and me Right, because right. we have these amazing because we got great dads, exactly. But it's almost, why it's so hard to work in the Dominican Republic where where we were. Yeah, they were like they don't get it. They they can't grasp right what that relationship means because to them it's like well, father, what is what is a father? You know, and and to me, a father is somebody who's who's wise, who's who's loving, who guides me in all righteousness, mm-hmm. right? Who disciplines me when I screw up. Right. I think you had something about discipline that was. Yeah, I've got a couple of things um, that that tie into that. Yeah. Um, do you talk at all in your study there about uh, fear and love, and and the relationship between fear and love? No, nah, hit that. So that's interesting. <clears throat> so it has to do with discipline also. But if we if we jump back to uh, our childhood, we obey our fathers. Yeah. We better. Obey right. our fathers. Yeah. There's a reason why we do, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't really have much to do with the love that we have for our dad at that time. Right. It has to do with fear of retribution. Oh yeah, it has. You know, your wrath of God. Yeah. That's my my dad. I was like hearing that belt <laughs> come out of those belt loops was just like the hair just stood up on the back sure. of my neck. It's about to go down. My dad talks about how whenever he was a kid. They'd be like jumping on the bed or something upstairs, mm-hmm. and uh, the mom, his mom, would come in like four times and go, "Blakey, Blakey, stop that! Blakey, stop that!" <laughs> and then in the dark, he would look over and they'd be jumping, and there'd be silence. But he'd look over and he'd see this red glow of a cigarette, 
right, in the doorway. And he'd know that they had bit the dust because yes. his dad was it there. Was serious at this point. <laughs> That's right. And and so as a child, there's a there's a, a training right. time frame where you're motivated by fear. Yeah. That's your motivation. Yeah. Um and I and I believe that works the same way with God. Um we're we've moved from an old covenant to a new covenant. Yeah. And that and it's the same growth process. Sure. That's why, why Paul even refers to it in the Galatians as a schoolmaster leading us to faith, mm. uh, the old law and the way the view of God. And so there was that same thing. It was like you obey dad because you're going to get smacked That's down right. if you if, don't. If you don't. Yeah. And, you know, the familiar verse in Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, <laughs> Fear is the beginning of wisdom. Right. I want to point out the word beginning. Yeah. Fear is not the conclusion. No. Fear is the beginning. So, yeah. like, if, if and, and this works the same way, even today when we're out converting people or we're out uh, preaching to people or whatever, yeah. you want to tell people, hey, this plane's going down. You need a parachute. Okay, that's fear motivation. Right. You want to tell them, hey, look, there's a reason why you have to do this because it, it, you are in danger. Okay. Yeah. And so there is that fear motivation that starts out. But as you build and find this relationship and you actually learn about him and you actually become involved with him and he is your father and you begin to experience the father-son, father-daughter relationship, things start to change. Why do we obey our parents as adults? Hmm. Like if your dad tells you to go do something right now, Jeremiah, <laughs> are you going to go do it because you're afraid he's going to whip out the belt? Not at all. I do it because I love him. I mean, exactly. that's, that's just, I mean, I love it. And that's, yeah. you know, if you're ever confused about what God's thinking, all you have to do is is put it into a relationship yeah. of your father here on earth. Because if your dad on earth loves you this much, yeah, your father in heaven loves you that much more. Amen. Okay, so you have we have to get to this point to where fear is no longer our major motivation. Love becomes our major motivation. Right. Sure, there's fear that's still there, as in fear of him as uh, respect and honor and and all of that, yeah. and knowing what he is capable of, because yeah. he is capable of, of, of taking you down. But the love overshadows that. Right. And, and uh, you know, there's a, um, a verse I want to read in 1 John 4. Um, that that talks about this. Um, give me a second here. So in First John four it says, um, "We love because He first loved us." If anyone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he's, he's a liar. Hmm. Um, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So let's let's jump back to sixteen. It says so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Yes. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected or made complete, made whole, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love 
cast out fear. Yes. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Yes, that's right. Okay, so it's all about his love for us being transferred back up to him and to other people. Yeah. What did Jesus say were the greatest commandments? Love. Love God, God. and love, love your others. fellow man. That's right. This is it, The reason for this is because he's your father. That's right. And all of this ties in together. And so that fear is cast out yeah. when love becomes perfected. Yeah. And we're talking love as in agape, unconditional, willing love, not some emotional feeling that you have That's right. because he's so infatuated. And again, uh, I'd like to pin on that whole emotion thing. Mm-hmm. There are times when, you know, I'm just not emotionally in love with my dad. Right? <laughs> right. And there especially growing up, there were times when he would say things, especially when I was a teenager. We all remember those oh, yeah. days. Right? Where there were times <laughs> We were right and dad was wrong. Exactly. And it's amazing. Man, it is amazing. <laughs> my dad would used to say, Jeremiah, you should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> and one day I just said to him, Dad, I'm going to write a book someday. But uh, anyways, it's amazing to me how you know you get in these arguments or frustrations with your dad. He says no, and you don't understand why, mm-hmm. right? Especially when you're a teenager. Oh, yeah. And, and you go, Dad, you know, why in the world won't you let me do this or do that? Why, why is that? And even maybe hot heated debates and you know come to blows i mean right. it's serious stuff but the reality is um and i think this goes to prayer also we've talked about this before our father always has what's best for us mm-hmm. at his heart right right Not always and and sometimes you know if you think of it like a three-year-old who goes to his dad in the dead of winter and says daddy i want to go swimming <laughs> right i want to go jump in that pool out back your dad, who's a loving, kind father, is going to say, no. Not, not going to happen. Not going to happen. There's no not, way. Not you know? the best thing for you. Or he's going to say, wait. And God always answers like that. Mm-hmm. He either says yes, no, or wait. He right. always says that. But in, we need to remember our place versus his place. Yes. And and uh, you're hitting on exactly uh, where I was going on this whole idea of discipline and how our father-son relationship works with God and discipline. Uh, In Matthew 7, uh, and this is still that servant on the mount, the one where he's blowing people away, right? Okay, in verse 8, he says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Yeah. Okay, so he takes this back to... This this goes really back to this idea of if you're thinking, what is God up to or... Why am I? Why is this happening to me? Or any of these things that make us question God, put ourselves in that earthly father-son relationship, either as a father or as a son um, or daughter or whatever, and 
and visualize, try to step out of the picture for a minute and visualize what's going on as a whole. Right. Obviously, he's saying there's no maliciousness going on here. If your son came to you and asked for something that he was in need of, necessity, that this was absolute required for your son, who's not going to give it to their son? That's right. They're, they're going to do that. However, the flip side of that is, do I give my son everything he asked for? Mm. It's just like you said with the whole That's right. swimming thing. And it may be, you know, that you're in the store and the kid's begging for a, a toy or whatever, and you <laughs> yeah. got to say no. And it's not that you don't love him. It's that if you give him everything, then he doesn't learn to honor and respect right. things that he gets. Yeah. And there's all kinds of life lessons yeah. that are involved. And so when we ask of our father, he has our best intentions. He's a great father. In, in fact, he's well. the best father. So, and this is amazing to me how Christians um, they become so bitter because what they want so badly on earth, and it may look like it's the best thing in the world for them, mm-hmm. is not. And right. God knows he he is an all knowing father. I mean, imagine if your <laughs> father was all knowing, right? It'd be so much different. But our father and my dad made mistakes. You yeah. know, there were times when my dad screwed up. Every dad does. That's how you that's how you be a dad. You gotta you gotta make mistakes to learn. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but this this dad, this father never makes a mistake. Right. So if you listen to him and are guided by him, how much it's how completely much sovereign. Better is yes. it for you. Yes. But we tend to whine and gripe about the fact that we want a stone so bad when he's sitting over here going, I have a net full of fish. Eat the fish. <laughs> Stop breaking your teeth on the stones. Right. right? Yeah. And that's so, I mean, it's so true. So um, the last thing I really want to point out before, before we pull this to a close okay. is a really interesting thing because uh, being – Having a heavenly father, I always want to point it. I want to point it back to the gospel, which is so beautiful. Yes, because there's another metaphor that Jesus uses uh, when he's talking to a man named Nicodemus, right? Mm-hmm. In in um, John chapter three, right, right, and he says, "You must be born, born again, again, right, mm-hmm. to be born into this." And um, what I want to turn to is First Peter chapter one, verses three through five, because this. This hits the nail on the head. This is how he becomes our Heavenly Father. Um, Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance Mm -hmm. that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Mm. How beautiful is that? Yes. That, that we are born into the right. family. You know, that we're being guarded. Exactly. And protected. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but we have an inheritance. We're joint heirs with Christ. Right. Right. We have an inheritance stored up with us because we were adopted through the blood of Jesus Christ into God's family. Right. How awesome is that? It is awesome. You know, and if you haven't been adopted in that family, if you're standing outside of that, the awesome thing is is you can be adopted into that Mm -hmm. family. You know, Nicodemus didn't get the whole idea of being born again, but that's pretty much what it is. It's adoption. Right. You know, and it's such a beautiful picture that he's our father. And he may have before it was all said and done. Oh, I think he does. I think he did. (laughs) I hope so. 
But uh, man, it's just a, a beautiful thing. So if you're a father out there, mm-hmm. and uh, we just want to say thank you for being a yes. father, and uh, you know, be well, like God. <laughs> the last thing that I've got is uh, about forgiveness. Yes, as well because. A lot of times we get caught up in our problems. We get caught up in our sin. We get all twisted and tied up in knots or whatever. Oh, and then we start asking ourselves, is this worth going on? Is surely God can't forgive me again? Yeah. This has become, uh, this, it's, it's easy to say unconditional love, always forgiving. I mean, it's easy to say those things, but whenever you're in the depths of a mess, it's so hard to get your mind around that yeah. because all you can think about is I've messed up too much. Mm-hmm. I've done one too many things. Once again, let's take that back to the model of our parents and how we are here on earth. I don't think there's anything I could do that would make my dad not forgive me. Mm. It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if I messed up as, as much as I could possibly mess up, you know, if I was in jail, if I was a drug addict, if I was, it, my dad would probably still be there to bail me out. Amen. To come into whatever alley I was sleeping in and carry me home. Yeah. It's that prodigal son yeah. thing that, you know, when the prodigal son story, I love this part of it. The son is sleeping with the pigs. Now, this is horrific for a Jew. Okay, <laughs> this would have really slapped them across the face. Oh yeah, unclean animal, and oh, yeah. you're sleeping, you're eating and sleeping with them. Okay, <laughs> you really screwed up, buddy. So this guy <laughs> smells like pigs. Right. He comes out of the mire, and he starts working up a plan. What's he say? He rehearses this. Right. I will tell my father. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I will be a servant. He's got it all planned out. Yeah. He's, he's got it all. I don't even want to be called your son anymore. Just treat me like a servant. And he's, he's working this little speech up in his mind. But whenever he meets his father and his father comes out to meet him, he starts into that speech. Yeah. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, etc. The father cuts him Stops off with a hug yeah. and tells him, that he was lost and now he's found. He's he is overwhelmed with joy. Ugh. Forgive a father's forgiveness is unending because his love is unending. That's right. And um, so so finally, the thing that I want to ask our listeners is, as a Christian, you are a son, yeah, to uh, or a daughter of our Father in heaven. The question is going back to this inheritance question. Why are you a son or daughter? Is it about the inheritance? Or is it bigger than that? Oh, man, yeah. Because take it, once again, back to your relationship with your dad or your child here on earth. I've got a great dad. He probably has a pretty good inheritance set aside for me when he passes this earth. Yeah. Dude, I want my dad. Yeah, I don't want the I don't the inheritance is great, and, and if it's something that I can have once he is gone, right. then that is a great remembrance Amen. of it. But right now, I want my dad. Yeah, I, I, the inheritance is not what I'm after. I'm after that relationship with him, 
And that is one thing I think Christians lose sight of, is we're so focused on the prize. We're so focused on getting to heaven that we're not focusing on the Father of heaven. And we're not focused on the, the relationship we can have right now with him. And we're not enjoying it to the full capacity because we're so hung up on the inheritance. Yeah. And it's amazing how even though we're hung up on that, he's still standing there going, I love you. <laughs> yes. I love you. Yeah. I, I, I just love you. You know, you're my son. Yeah. And we run back to him every time. <laughs> Dad, that wasn't really what I wanted. You know, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's, a, it's an awesome study. Yeah. So beautiful. Bear those things in mind. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you're if you're dad, again, thanks. Right. So um, we didn't print out our thing. We didn't. <laughs> so let's wing it again. This is fun. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it. Okay, Shia. <laughs> we get it, man. We get it. Well, so we are at the Theonauts part of the GCT network, yes. which is a bigger it's a bigger thing than us. That's right. It's this huge thing. Yeah. Well, maybe not huge, but it's it, it at least it, has another podcast. It, yes. <laughs> it will be huge. That's right. It's it's out there. GCTnetwork.com. Go check us out. Check out all the shows there. Uh, sign up for our newsletter there so that you can see what's going on on the shows. Including Finding Christ in Cinema. Finding Christ in Cinema. Go find out you know, just how many ways Forrest Gump represents Jesus Christ. That's right. That's <laughs> right. There are many ways to contact us at Theonauts. You can shoot us a tweet at Theonautical. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook slash Theonauts. You can also send us an email. And you're not going to stop there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Okay. You can also send us a email, theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. And uh, don't forget. Twitter? Facebook? I covered Twitter. Oh, did you? I covered Facebook. I also covered our email. Is there anything else I need to cover, David? No. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. starting over. Stop giving up. This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. Stop giving up.